Now, Connect FM Sports puts every play under review with Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. The Steelers' season came to an end Monday after a 31-17 loss in Buffalo. We'll recap the game and talk about what the Steelers' top priority should be this offseason. Alex Kazor from Steelers Depot will also join us for his analysis. The divisional round of the NFL playoffs is this weekend. Will the Texans shock the world and beat the Ravens? Will the Bills finally slay Mahomes and the Chiefs? We'll preview the games and make our predictions. The Penguins are approaching a fork in the road with Jake Gensel's contract. Can they afford to re-sign him? Can they afford not to? We'll weigh in. I'm Bob Anderson. I'm Dave Herzing. And I'm Dave Glass. Stay tuned as we discuss these topics and more as we go under review. Sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping and Dr. Greg Lineski at Wise Eyes. On Connect FM, your only local news radio. Welcome back to Under Review for Wednesday, January 17th, and the trifecta is back together for the first time in a few weeks. How's it going, guys? Being back is the best. It's good to have you both back in studio, and unfortunately, we're talking about the Steelers losing in the playoffs again. This is the fifth time, well, fifth straight loss for the Steelers in the playoffs, 31 to 17, and it, it really never felt like they were in the game. I mean, they were down 21 to nothing before... You know, you could even uh, go to the refrigerator and grab a drink. And, um, you know, I remarked it looked like the JV team playing against the varsity team. So, But to the Steelers' credit, they did fight back. They made it a little bit of a game. They got within a touchdown there, but the Bills put it away. So before we look ahead to the offseason, let's talk about this game. What were your overall thoughts on the game? We'll start with Dave. Well, I thought it was a terrible matchup for them, and I, I think that sort of played out. I said they had to win the turnover battle, and they were minus two right out of the gate. And I, At that point, I thought they just didn't have much of a chance. It's almost a microcosm of, of what the Tomlin era has become. They're never out of it. They always fight back. They ne- you know, A lot of teams would have thrown in the towel there. I mean, we saw Philly do a lot of that down the stretch, so credit yeah. to Pittsburgh for not becoming like Philly, but... They're still not good enough. I'm sorry. This team is not good enough. Now, the one thing that really stood out to me was the fact that with Tomlin, he always seems to be unprepared in that first quarter in playoff mm. games. Uh, they just looked like, I mean, a deer in headlights. They they were completely shell-shocked at the start of that game. You know, once they kind of got their sea legs, you could tell that things started to change. That interception that Rudolph threw was a backbreaker. They had a really nice drive going down, and then he ends up throwing an interception like that. It's that right there, kind of, for me, sealed the game. Well, you, you bring up a great point there, and, and Alex Kazora, our guest coming on, had a, a great tweet about that. He said, Pittsburgh has been outscored 66 to nothing in the first quarter of their last five playoff games. Oh, man. Oh. You're just not going to win games that way. They're not built to come from behind. Um, and over the last five playoff games, they've lost by 19, 3, 11, 21, and 14 points now. Well, and look at all the playoff games. Even though, you know, the upsets. Green Bay, they got out to eat. That first quarter really matters. Yes, you can come back, but more often than not, if you fall behind two scores – 
you lose many, much, much more often than you win. And this is a stat you often hear in hockey, not so much football, but the team that scored first over the all six games last weekend ended up winning. Yeah, yeah. that was something I, I, I saw that. And it just makes total sense to Dave's point as well. This, and you'd mentioned a second ago, Bob, the Steelers are not built to come from behind nope. at all. Uh, and, and, and I know Pickens was complaining about the referees. And yes, there were some questionable calls. But you know what? You got to throw that out. It's playoff football. You're, you're at home. You know, the Bills are at home I mean that's not the reason why the Steelers lost this game you know when I'll know he's matured when he goes after the game and says you know what I fumbled the ball there I can't fumble that ball he needs to take responsibility for his own play that was a killer fumble yes no doubt about it well let's put ourselves in GM Omar Khan's shoes here I asked our listeners what are three things that you would do this offseason we got some good feedback on Facebook but let's hear what you guys would do Oh, what would I do? Boy, three things, (laughs) three things. Well, first of all, I would consider the quarterback position not solved. And if they I'm not saying they should spend a first round pick on a quarterback. I'm not saying that. But I am saying if there's a second round pick that really looks intriguing, uh, like, you know, Michael Penix from uh, from Washington, maybe. I mean, if you if you're if your scouts and your people are saying he can be the man, they're, they're stuck. I read a, a, a headline earlier today. They're stuck in purgatory. You know, they're they're not quite good enough to, to win, but they're not bad enough to truly tank and get one of those top five picks. So you're going to have to make a decision. And, and I just don't think they have that guy on the roster. That's number one. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going look at who's left. They all have good quarterbacks, every single one of them. Number two. Their middle, their front seven, but particularly inside defensive. I, I think Hayward. He was talking like I think he's probably done or close to it. You know, he was really beat up. They're, they're. I know they had injuries, but they got killed at linebacker. I mean, just really bad. They got to shore up the middle of that defense. So, that's one. That's two. And number three, either extend Tomlin or move on. You you, you can't let him go in as a lame duck. No, not at all. Uh, the, the the thing I, that stood out to me was looking at their payroll. They they had a hundred and forty two million dollar defense, and over half of that was for three players: for Watt, Hayward, and Minka. Something has to change there, or else you're going to get more of the same from Tomlin. I mean, to spend that much money on this defense and get the kind of results that they had is is kind of unfathomable. But that right there is the first thing I would fix. Uh, I know it might not be a popular opinion. I realize he's the heart and soul of that franchise right now. He's an all-world player when he's healthy. I honestly think they should just get rid of T.J. Watt and, and get some picks, build off of his value. Because, honestly, the guy's always hurt. I mean, yes, he was relatively healthy this year, but is that going to happen again next year? I don't know. I, I would rather get some value out of him while you couldn't get some picks and rebuild. Yeah, it's interesting. I just don't see that sort of thing in the in NFL very often where they give up on guys, but I, I don't mind that idea. Um, so the common themes that we got from listeners, Ryan Morrison said, go out and get the best offensive coordinator on the market. Here, here to that, you know. You know what? He's right. We should have mentioned the offensive yeah, well, coordinator. Yeah. They absolutely need to do. Well, we with didn't that. want to steal Ryan's thunder. Yeah, you know, that's we, right. we love our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> you know, I feel like to piggyback off what he said, they got to go outside the organization for that. They've been too loyal, too much. You know, let's promote from within. They need an outside voice, somebody who's creative to help the offense. Henry Sutter said, "Figure out the short and long-term plans at quarterback." Just like you guys were saying. For me, I say build an, a dominant offensive line. I want a better center than Mason Cole. I want a better left tackle than Dan Moore. Um, and, and if you can do that through the draft or through free agency, that's where I want to put my eggs. 
Well, they've got some pieces on, on the line. I mean, I th- actually think their line is in better shape than it's been in a while. I thought towards the end of the year they really came together. Yeah, they looked a lot better. Think of where they were at last year. Yeah, Ooh, I, sure, and I'm not sure. look. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think you can. But two years ago, I thought, oh man, this line is horrible. And now I'm like, eh, you know, I'm more worried about the defensive line than That's the offensive true. line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree with all that. And and to your point about what, guys, he turns thirty in October. I mean, yeah. in NFL years, they age in dog years, right? Thirty yeah. is. It, it's almost and, over. And look at the style of play he has. It's, I mean, it's all gas, no breaks. The guy is a game wrecker when he's on. And, and it's, I mean, the, what he's done for that for this franchise, he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats in Steelers history. I mean, no one's ever going to take that away from him. But, you know, listen, loyalty's a, a funny thing with the Steelers. For me, like, I love watching T.J. Watt play, but you know what I'd really love more? Getting some value out of him instead of watching him in the final couple years of his career, you know, be a shell of his former self. Well, and and, and that comes back to Hayward. You know, if they cut Hayward, they save sixteen million against the cap. I looked at this, but all the writers think that they'll never do it because they're so loyal mm. that they would rather like that that they're still stinging from letting. Franco Harris go plays last year with Seattle. Now, to me, that's ludicrous. I don't care what he does when he's washed yeah. up, and I don't. I love Hayward, but to pay him twenty-one million dollars no to be a shell of himself, no. cut him. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, who? Here's a question for you. Just looking way ahead, who will be the starting quarterback when the 2024 season starts? If you were going to look into that crystal ball, who do you see there? It's Pickett. It's got to be Pickett. They've got too much invested. They're going to give him. Have one more shot to really make it happen. Yeah, unfortunately, I not unfortunately agreeing with you, but I agree with you, Dave. Um, I, I, they have to have Pickett as a starter. Um, I, I don't know what he's done to prove it. He's been given ample opportunities, and he hasn't done anything with it. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be Pickett, unfortunately, for Mason Rudolph. That guy, I swear, can't catch a break. If I, I, if I was his agent, I'd be trying to find it, another team. He's a free agent, yes, so he's got a chance. Exactly. I'd be out of Pittsburgh. Well, this is where I'm going to disagree with you guys. I don't think they have a lot invested in him. They have a first-round pick in him. That's an investment. Yeah, but you know how many teams swing and miss on first-round picks? Look at Bryce Young. I mean, even top five picks miss. One of the things I feel like good teams do is they move on from bad picks. Look at Trey Lance in San Francisco. Yeah, but does Pittsburgh move on? Well, that's a problem. I'm that's, saying they need to. I, I Look, I don't disagree with you, but I'm saying that their history, it's a first-round pick. It's embarrassing if in the third year you're already saying he's not the guy. Plus, from their perspective, they can say, A, he was hurt. B, we, cut, we, we gave him a bad offensive coordinator, and we fired that guy midseason. So... I think they're going to rationalize themselves. Plus, see, who would you get, okay? Are you going to go out and sign some aging quarterback? Probably not. If you draft somebody, you're probably not starting him day one. So I think it's still going to be Pickett. But I think that the excuses are gone. They're going to have a new offensive coordinator. If it doesn't work with whoever that is, then you know it's Pickett. One. Yeah, either the one thing I didn't like was his uh, lack of media availability at the end of that game. It just shows, it just there's got there's a lot of maturing left. Do I realize some things were said that might have upset him? But he was the number one overall pick for the Steelers. You know, he was the guy that was saying he wanted to be the guy with the ball in his hands with the game on the line. But you can't face the media after a season-ending loss. Come on, and a team captain. Yeah. I have one more thing to say about this, and I know there's a lot of Pickett fans out there. If this guy had played for Iowa State, yeah. would anybody still love him? Yeah, that, I, I'm sorry I, to I say that. Agree more. But this guy being from Pitt, everybody was all over him because of that, and I think it is actively harming the situation now. Well, let me throw out the name Russell Wilson. He no. might be available. No. Well, you said aging quarterback. No. I can't imagine I he's one. worse than Let's Kenny That's right. No, no way. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with Russell Wilson and the, and the drama that that guy – no, I don't Plus want anything to do. Plus the cost. I mean, look yeah. at how much he, he makes. Yeah, well, I, sure. I think he'll be off that deal, but – 
All right, one more topic for you here. We got about a minute or so. With the conditions in Buffalo causing the game to be moved this weekend, the super genius Mark Madden posted a column of his own saying that every NFL team should have a retractable roof. And of course, Buffalo is building a new stadium. It's going to be a $1.7 billion venue, no roof. So, what do you guys think? Should NFL teams have retractable roofs? I, no, I don't think every team has to. I mean, look how often this situation comes up. But I will say this if any team should, it's Buffalo because Buffalo is known to be right in that yeah, situation. Yeah, the, the, the thing them. that was really frustrating for me was watching those people shovel you know, the, the stands out and you got a billionaire paying somebody 20 bucks an hour to go do it and shift. I mean, come on. what this? I mean, I get the charm and the novelty and you know the fans were interviewed and were helping the team. and I, I mean, that's kind of a... a uh, a nice thing, a nice story, but come on, you have all kinds of money. You're building a brand new stadium, you know, hire some companies to clear out the seats. Did you see those seats? They were terrible. Could you imagine paying top dollar for one of those tickets and literally you're sitting on snow? That would be pretty irritating. You'd have to pay me do- top dollar. Yeah. All right, we'll keep the Steelers talk going after the break. Alex Kazora will be our guest. Stay with us on Under Review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping and Dr. Greg Glineski at Wise Eyes. Now that the holidays are over, the winter blues may start to settle in. Not to worry, you can beat them back at Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's during our New Year's Upgrade sales event. In order to kick your new year into gear, Panda's been dropping prices big time on all of our pre-owned models. Plus, you still get the Spitzer Shield, featuring a nationwide powertrain warranty, bumper-to-bumper coverage, and more. All at no additional cost to you. Only at Spitzer Dubois and St. Mary's. Are you ready to kick your new year into gear and say goodbye to those pesky winter blues? Visit one one of our Spitzer Auto stores today and take advantage of our New Year Upgrade sales event and shop online anytime using Spitzer Speed Pass. Visit us today at Spitzer.com. At Spitzer, our world revolves around you. Must complete regular maintenance at the manufacturer's specified intervals and document it. Any breakdowns must be completed at a Spitzer location within 40 miles. Warranty effective anywhere in the continental United States of America, Alaska, Hawaii, and Canada. Complimentary maintenance applies to new vehicle purchases. See dealer for complete details. I'm Mike Gavin in for Gordon Deal. Thursday on This Morning, fears of violence already have election officials on edge. We'll explore where the threats are coming from and what's being done about it. Plus, why shoppers need to think before they click to avoid being ensnared by AI catfishes. And how many free breakfast sandwiches can you snag by bringing your own cup to Starbucks? That and more Thursday on This Morning, America's First News. 99.7-96.7 Connect FM. Shop local, buy local, save deals. Hi, I'm Jenny, the manager over at your Big Deals online store. Did you know that when you shop locally, 83 cents of that dollar stays in town? Local businesses are the lifeblood of our community, and that's why you should shop your Big Deals online store. Dozens of gift certificates to local businesses, all in one convenient place. Shop local from the convenience of your home or smartphone. Visit DuboisBigDeals.com. Every 36 seconds, a vehicle is stolen in the United States. Cars are an important investment and you have the power to protect it. Remove valuables from your car or place out of view. Roll up your windows completely. Don't leave your car running while unattended, especially during the winter. And always lock your doors and take your keys or fob with you. If you know something about a vehicle theft, call us at 1-800-TELL-NICB. This is a public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM 
Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. Welcome back to Under Review. I'm Bob with Dave and Dave here. The Steelers Depot is a tremendous website offering what I believe is the best coverage of the Steelers, especially the off-season coverage. I love it. Here to provide us an early look at the off-season, what lies ahead for the Steelers, is Alex Kazora from the Steelers Depot. Alex, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me on. Always a pleasure for us. I wanted to start you off very broad, Alex. A lot has been made of Mike Tomlin and not having any losing seasons, but in your mind, was this a successful season for the Steelers? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. If you look at this team when they were 7-7, seven and seven, to think they would get to 10-7 and seven and even be in the postseason, you probably wouldn't have believed that had I told you then. And so I can see some of the strides this team made. But, I mean, you know, the obstacle remains. This team cannot win a playoff game. They're 0-5 in their last five, have not won in seven seasons, the longest drought in post-merger history. And so, you know, have you want to frame it successful or unsuccessful to me, I just look at it as this dark cloud still remains over the franchise. They can't get over this hump, and I wonder what the vision, what the solution, the thought is to get you know past this uh, not inability to win a playoff game and trying to, to, to make a run at this thing in an AFC that's going to be competitive with some really top quarterbacks for a long, long time. So um, I, there was progress, but that barrier remains, and this team cannot get over the hump, and that's a concern. Well, if you were Omar Khan, what – Three things. I asked the guys this. I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot. What three things do you think you would do this offseason to address that? Well, I haven't laid out a specific plan just yet, but I think there's two main questions that have to be answered by the team to start. And now, really, it was three. And now that we know or assume that Mike Tomlin will return, there's two that are outstanding. Who is the quarterback of this team for 2024 and who will be the OC of this team in 2024? They're two critical questions that will, you know, take big steps one way or another to trying to get over that hump and finally win a playoff game. So I, I think their answer is going to be Kenny Pickett. It's going to be the guy for 2024, for better or for worse. They're going to give him at least one more year with that new OC and who that hire will be. I really couldn't tell you. Uh, likely an outside hire. You know, that's probably an obvious statement to make, but I think those are the two major things. And then beyond that, you look at the offensive line. Can you find the next great Steeler center, offensive tackle, a cornerback opposite of Joey Porter Jr. will be important and needed. Cam Hayes replacement uh, for the next year or two is going to be something that has to be added as well. But I think you look at the three kind of pillars of how each team is made. Who's your head coach? Who's your quarterback? Who's your OC? You know, it's Tomlin. The other two questions are certainly more controversial and debatable right now. Uh, you know, as as we look at this team, and we've talked about a little before you came on the air, they're loyal almost to a fault. Like I was reading today, you know, Hayward had a tough year. He's he's pretty you know, he's getting up there in age. They would save, I believe, sixteen million if they cut him. But but there's a lot of speculation that they're too loyal to probably want to do, or perhaps to want to do that. Do, do you think that that's a move they definitely should look at? I can tell you, I think they should. No, I'm not ready to get rid of Cam Hayward. Now, they're going to have to do something with that contract in all likelihood, but there's more options than just keeping him at his current number and cap hit and cutting him. You can restructure the deal. You can sign an extension to spread out the cap hit. You can do avoidable year extension, although Pittsburgh typically doesn't do those in non-extreme COVID-like situations. You know, Hayward, you know, certainly played hurt this year. was never 100%, um, but I thought his run defense was still really solid. The leadership was still there. The pass rush wasn't there. He really couldn't explode off the football, and that was a problem. But, no, I think he's going to be able to play for at least one more season, and you take it from there. So, I, And plus, there are no 
internal replacements for Gambit right now. The Marvin Leal has not panned out. Loudermilk is a backup at best. There's really no one else waiting in the wings. Benton's playing more nose tackle than defensive end right now. So if you cut Cam Hayward, there is nothing to replace him with uh, as things stand right now. Well, and I'll just follow up on that a little bit. If I, I would assume that if you did move on from him, that would be a draft priority. But even if, let's let's say that they do take your your advice and they they do a contract extension to to kind of put it out over a number of years. That just still accelerates it into whatever year he he gets cut, which we assume wouldn't be more than another year or two, right? Well, you would spread the cap it over multiple years, so eventually, you know, that money will come due in terms of dead cap space in some, you know, regard. But as the cap continues to increase you over a year, that percentage of dead money becomes lower and lower, and really things are reflective of percentage of cap as opposed to the actual cash or, or, or cap number. The percentage is really what matters the most. And again, bottom line is, I think Kim Hayward can still play. If the guy couldn't play, sure, you move on from him. I understand that, but. Um, you know, he was playing hurt this year, was still Pittsburgh's best defensive lineman when he was healthy or was at least active and playing, really was never healthy, and he could still stuck the run. And, and so there's still value being brought in addition to the leadership, the intangible thing. So I think the guy can still play, get him healthy through, through a full offseason, see how things look next year. I think he's earned that opportunity. Well, yeah, uh, Alex, uh, Tomlin's uh, media availability is going to be tomorrow at noon. Uh, what are you expecting to hear out of Coach Tomlin? Um, you know, myself, I'm getting kind of tired of the empty platitudes and coach speak from Coach Tomlin. You know, he's been there a long time, and it, it, he sounds like you know, it's the same message over and over, and he's reading a bunch of motivational quotes. I know he was asked uh, his, a question about his contract, and he kind of stormed off the podium. Uh, do you, do you um, maybe anticipate it being a little contentious between him in the media tomorrow, or maybe it's just going to be a, a more a, a, you know a matter of fact of addressing where the Steelers are at the end of the season. Sure, I understand. You know, winning a press conference is nothing you can do in Pittsburgh anymore. It's about results, and I'm as frustrated as anybody. Listen, I, I loathe the never had a losing season stat. I can appreciate it in one small sense and slice, but you know, going nine and eight is not the standard in Pittsburgh. They put trophies in trophy cases, so I'm not trying to defend that aspect. Um, yeah, we'll see if Tomlin addresses his future publicly. I'm sure he'll be asked about it again, how he'll address it. I mean, there'll probably be some words for the media about how he didn't like how it created, you know, speculation, distraction, and, and that type of stuff. The only thing I really want to hear from Tomlin tomorrow, because a lot of it's going to be, you know, standard stuff, things you say this time of year, we'll evaluate things. The team doesn't exactly know what they're going to do, obviously, in terms of agency and signings and re-signings. But I'm sure he'll be asked, you know, is Kenny Pickett going to be your quarterback of 2024? Who is your quarterback next year? And we'll see if Tomlin goes full commitment to Kenny Pickett or if he says something kind of half and half that they have confidence in Pickett and they'll evaluate the position or will he just say all things are on the table and we'll evaluate things. So the only answer I'm really interested in hearing about now that we assume he's back is what does he think about the quarterback situation and who is quarterback of 2024. This is a chance to make that full commitment to Pickett tomorrow, right then and there, and temper and tamp down all the speculation about draft picks and Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, or he can leave it open-ended, and that controversy will pick up even more than it will. So I really want to hear that answer from Tomlin. The rest of it will probably be standard, fair, end-of-year press conference type stuff. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Pickett. You know, my thoughts on Pickett are it's it's time to move past him. Uh, he doesn't strike me as any sort of leader. Uh, I know they drafted him first overall. He's a pit guy. I think we were mentioning it here before you came on the air. I think that's a lot of the reason why he's been giving given such grace in Pittsburgh. Uh, what what would be like your your dream scenario if, if they moved on from Pickett? Who would you like to see come in and, and step in at quarterback for the Steelers? 
Yeah, again, I don't have a particular name. It, it's likely going to have to be a draft pick. And the tough thing for Pittsburgh is, you guys know, they're never going to be a three-win team. They're yeah. never going to bottom out. And so trying to pick in the top three, you know, top five picks where you might get one of those blue-chip quarterbacks, it's going to be really difficult for Pittsburgh to do. I'm not crazy about the free agency route. No on Russell Wilson, probably not on Justin Fields. Kirk Cousins might be the most attractive of those options, but I don't know if he's going to get you over the hump to really become a true Super Bowl contender, and then there's an obvious cost to, to acquiring a guy uh, like him. So the draft is probably where this thing's going to have to go, but Pittsburgh, for a team that always picks in the you know teens, low 20s, they're picking 20 this year, it's going to be hard to get that franchise quarterback. So they're in they're in that quarterback purgatory right now where they're really kind of stuck in the middle. But I understand your point. You know, Can Kenny Pickett become a top-10 quarterback to put this team into contender status? Right now, things don't look very good. We have a few minutes left here with Alex Cazorro from the Steelers Depot. You can follow him on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it these days, at Alex underscore Cazorra, K-O-Z-O-R-A. Alex, uh, how about from the OC standpoint? Is there a name or two that really piques your interest? Yeah, I'm going to go through that list some more. I mean, I went through a kind of list of guys with Pittsburgh ties right after Matt Canada got fired. Um, they, they had taken a look at Pep Hamilton before they promoted and hired Matt Canada. And so he's a guy, I believe, that works for NFL Network this year, I think with a really strong quarterback background working with Justin Herbert in, L- in uh, L.A., for example. That's a name that could be revisited. I think any outside hire with a strong quarterback coaching background is going to be the ticket. Uh, the Browns just fired Alex Van Pelt today, the OC in Cleveland. He was not the play caller. That was Stefanski, but Van Pelt has Pittsburgh ties. Pittsburgh Nada got drafted by the Steelers out there in the 90s. So that's one name to mention. But, again, i got to do some more research. I just kind of switched into off-season mode here with the season actually wrapping up on Monday. Um, but I would expect outside hire with a, a quarterback-heavy resume. I'm going to try to switch to, to a little bit of a positive ending. Obviously, they did improve – especially towards the end, is there one player or one unit that really sticks out to you that, that is something that, wow, okay, that, that really surprised me how much better they played this year? I wouldn't say it surprised me. I just kind of finally said finally about the run game and the identity. You know, the whole offseason this, this past year we talked about, they're going to be bully ball guys. They're going to come out. They're going to have a great run personality. They're going to play downhill. They're going to be physical. And We didn't see a lick of that for the first half of the season. And it wasn't until Broderick Jones took over at right tackle in week nine against Tennessee that began to, to form. And then it faded. But those final three games, it was really evident. And they ran the ball tremendously. They dominated the line of scrimmage. And they were a physical group that finished their blocks. That's O-line tight ends and the running back. So it was good to see that I, I, that I, uh, identity form and this team become physical and really, you know, become that ground-based team they were striving to be and were building around in the offseason. It took way too long for them to get to that point, but if they can continue that and pick that up for 2024, they'll be in a good place. So I was happy to see that identity emerge late in the season. Well, last one for you, Alex. We'll just um, open it up to the whole league. Do you uh, have a prediction here for who will be in the Super Bowl and who do you like to win it? You know, I think Baltimore's been so impressive this year. It's an easy selection. I know one seats don't always actually hoist Lombardis, but I just don't see a weakness with the Ravens right now. Offensively, defensively, special teams, coaching, it's a really solid unit overall. I mean, they're going to probably get gutted from a coaching standpoint this offseason with Mike McDonald likely, you know, probably getting hired somewhere else, but their whole key was Lamar Jackson staying healthy. He has. They developed their passing games better. That defense is just insanely, absurdly good. Health is the only thing that trips them up. The Ravens are just always the most unhealthy team in football. They've battled stuff this year, but with the rest time that they've had with the bye week, I think Baltimore's in the driver's seat right now. And how about in the NFC? 
Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's this is harder to figure out. I mean, I think San Francisco is just, again, such a balanced team. I know it's so chalk to just pick the one seeds. I think in the AFC, there's more question and debate because you have some really strong quarterback play. Uh, and you've got that in, in, in the NFC. Jordan Love's come on really strong. But I just think the 49ers are so well-rounded. They're sch- you know, schematically so strong with what Kyle Shanahan's doing. So it's hard to bet, it, bet against the 49ers right now. Yeah, they're one seeds for a reason. So... Hey, thanks so much, Alex. We really appreciate you taking the time, and we'll definitely be reaching out to you as the offseason comes along here. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank All you. right. Thank you. When we return, we'll uh, take a look at the divisional round matchup. Stay with us on Under Review, sponsored by Smith Lawn and Landscaping and Dr. Greg Lineski at Wise Eyes. I'm Lou Jordan, Tri-County Insider News. Here's what's happening. A Dubois woman is facing three felony counts of drug-related charges for allegedly trying to sell heroin. According to Dubois City Police, 47-year-old Linda Miller offered to sell drugs to a confidential informant last August. Charges against Miller were filed in Dubois Magisterial Court, but her preliminary hearing has not yet been scheduled. And aggravated indecent assault and corruption of minor charges have been filed against a 35-year-old Clearfield County man. Clearfield Regional Police say they arrested Lance Spencer on those charges last week following a months-long investigation. According to court documents, Spencer is accused of sexually assaulting two preteen children. On Monday, Spencer reportedly posted a $25,000 bail bond and was released from the Clearfield County Jail. His preliminary hearing is scheduled for January. January 24th. I'm Lou Jordan, Tri-County Insider News. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discreet sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you use insulin or have had hypoglycemic events, you might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. U.S. Med partners with over 500 private insurance companies and Medicare. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill your insurance. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-457-9220. 800-457-9220. 800-457-9220. That's 800-457-9220. Here we go again. The same old story. You order the part online. It's wrong when it arrives. The car's torn apart. And then the fun begins. Trying to send it back. In the meantime, your wife is missing her hair appointment. The kids need to, well, you know the rest of the story. And you think you saved money. At Napa, we'll get it right the first time. Napa know-how is on your side with expert customer service and parts that meet or exceed manufacturer's standards. Napa, better here to serve you, our customers. Napa Auto Parts, Dubois, Brockway, Brookville, and Clymer. Here's your Connect FM Tri-County forecast. Slight chance of snow showers tonight, otherwise cloudy skies expected. Lows around 12, winds out of the southwest 8 to 15 miles per hour. Cloudy skies expected again tomorrow, slight chance for snow showers, daytime highs approaching 26. 3 to 5 inches of snow tomorrow through Friday night. That's your Tri-County forecast throughout the hour, throughout your busy day on Connect FM. Right now, 14. Now, let's go back to Under Review on Connect FM. Here again, Bob Anderson, Dave Glass, and Dave Herzing. 
And then there were eight. The divisional round of the playoffs is approaching this weekend, guys, and we're here to break down the game for you. Before we do that, though, is this the best weekend of sports on the calendar? Well, it's pretty good. I don't know. You know how I feel about April and October. There's always so much going on those two months. Maybe in the NFL. Yeah, I yeah think definitely in the, NFL. in the NFL. I'll give you that. Yeah. Now, which game are you most looking forward to out of these four? Oh boy, that's tough. That that's really tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with KC Buffalo just because you've got you got two really good quarterbacks there. I mean, those are two established teams. I think Buffalo's trying to get over that hump. KC's trying to prove that they can still they've still got it, you know, quote unquote it. So, but all these games are good. I, I think there's there's a really compelling story in every single one of these games. Yeah, I, I, this is the reason why people paid money, you know, for Peacock games. The NFL is going to continue to do that. The NFL has a stranglehold on the American sporting public. I mean, this nothing comes close to the, the eyeballs watching NFL games, and this weekend is a testament to that. To your point, Dave, these are all very good matchups. Yeah, oh. hashtag get lost to Peacock stuff, but yeah. we'll get, we'll yeah, get to that, that later. Yeah, that wasn't such a money grab, but capitalism, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just hope these games are better in the wild card games. You know, there were what? Oh, there was one good game last one weekend, good game, and yeah. the rest were just complete. Well, blowouts. that depends. If you're if you're a Dallas hater like I am, there was nothing bad about that. <laughs> oh, at they all. got that shook. was that oh. was so enjoyable. And I know there's people out there listening, like, oh, I can't believe you're saying that, but. Oh, man, that was that was beautiful. All right, well, let's get to the games here, guys. We got the number four Texans at the number one Ravens Saturday at 4.30 p.m. For me, the question is, will the Ravens be rested or rusty? What do you think, Dave? I think rested. I, look, they've been – this is a veteran group, really, when you look at it. The, the, he's been – the quarterback Jackson's been around now for six years, I think. It's it's his time. You're never going to get a better chance than this, I believe, because you're the, you're, you're the number one seed. You got home field. You're rested. You're playing a South team with a rookie QB. The, the weather probably isn't going to be. It's not going to be terrible, but it's not going to be great. Um, yeah, he's so dynamic. So is Stroud, but I, I Stroud is still a rookie, and I still think he's going to have some moments. I, I really, I really think this is Baltimore's time. Yeah, there's no team I watched throughout the season that, that was as consistently impressive as the Ravens. Uh, I don't see any reason why they're not going to continue to play outstanding football. Lamar Jackson is the MVP in my eyes. Uh, the guy's just having a career year. Uh, he's super fun to watch. I'm really looking forward to this game to see how you know Stroud responds to that type of pressure. But yeah, I mean, there's, I think there's a reason why this is a, the Ravens are favored by nine. I don't think this game's going to be that close just because Baltimore's defense, to Alex Kazora's point here a minute ago, their defense just smothers people. So it'll be it'll be a really interesting game. Well, uh, and that that shows in the over under. I mean, it's a nine and a half point spread, but the over under is only forty three and a half, yeah. which which tells you that Vegas thinks it's going to be low scoring yeah. on their end. Well, I have to say I've continually underestimated the Texans all year, and and that has been a, a fault of mine. I am super impressed with what they've done. They could have, by the way, the uh, coach of the year. The AFC or the offensive player of the year and the defensive player of the year all in the same squad, which is well, that tells you why, where their turnaround came from. Uh, but they got a tall task on the road this week. It's supposed to be a little cold and windy. Uh, can CJ Stroud keep the magic going? I mean, I would be crazy to bet on them to win. Um, I think they could cover, but I do think the Ravens will win. My question will be, you know, can they exploit maybe a little bit of a rust? with the with the Ravens I think if they if they win the toss they should receive do what the Packers did try to get up early 
and, and see if you can ride that momentum to a victory. Yeah, it's a great point, Bob. I think more with them more than almost anybody else, they have to get out to a quick start and early lead. If they fall behind, it's just going to play right into Baltimore's hands. And this is true for every game, but I think it's really true for this one. They have to win the turnover battle. I just don't think if they're minus two, minus three, that they're going to have any chance. Yeah, and I don't see the type of Lamar Jackson mistakes that he's made previously in big games. I mean, he just he looks like he's playing on an entirely different level this year. He's going to be the difference in the game like he's, I, he is in most games. And they get Mark Andrews potentially back in the lineup. Yeah. All right, we got the number seven Packers at the number one seed 49ers Saturday at 8.15 p.m. San Francisco is favored by 10. Do the Packers keep it going here, D? They do not. Um, I, I, Jordan Love has been an incredible story. Uh, it's been fun to watch. I, that that team dismantling Dallas, to Dave's point, was fantastic. I, there's no way they're going to go into Dallas and, and win a game and then go out to San Francisco and win a game. The 49ers are built entirely differently than the Cowboys. Uh, the, the Cowboys have been somewhat frauds all year, some questionable wins, uh, you know, beating up on bad teams. The 49ers are not that way at all. I, I, I think San Francisco blows Green Bay out in this one. I really do. They should. They're the better team. They've got the better defense. They've got the better running game. Um but the only thing I'll say for Green Bay, and Houston has a little bit of this, they're totally playing with house money now. You're right. I mean, they could lose by 40 points, and their fans would be like, oh, but look, at you know, we've got the quarterback. That's what yeah. they're going to – whatever happens this week, they feel like they've got their guy. And they're right. I think they do. They do have their guy. Um, He's been very impressive. I, I think they'll put up some points, but – Man, as long as CMC is healthy and 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 that and you know those those pieces are there for the Niners, I I'm not even sure that the Ravens can stop them when they're both at full full strength. I know they've already played, but that that if that happens again, that'll be a big game. But this week, I do think San Francisco wins. Yeah, I think San Francisco is just a cut above everybody, including the Ravens, in my estimation. But um, I think we are underselling a little bit of just how good the Packers have been. They've really flipped the switch since week 11, and Jordan Love has been elite. In the last nine games, he's completing 71% of his throws. He's averaging 270 yards a game and is throwing, I think he's had 21 touchdowns to one pick since then. So, I mean, he has been really good. Aaron Jones, how about him? Three touchdowns last week. He had, uh, what, four straight 100-yard games. So you got to give it to the Running to the hard, Packers. too. Running oh, really my, hard. yes. Against a defense that was supposed to be this elite but, defense. Well, let's talk about that for just a second. I mean, yeah, okay, they, they played a great game, and all credit to Green Bay, but – Man, I thought the Dallas defense just played terribly. They did. Just unbelievable. You got to make a stop. When that game was even still remotely in question, they didn't stop them one time. No. You can't tell me you're an elite team if you can't get one punt when it matters. Well, Rex Ryan was on ESPN talking about how Dallas, he was watching the game film, and they made very little adjustments at all throughout the game. And and they just got exposed. And he said he was screaming at the television when he was watching the game, saying, "What? Basically, what are they doing? They they're not they're not switching any any personnel up. They're not going into nickels. Not nothing. But that's that's the reason. You, I guess you know who might have been exposed the most is their defensive coordinator, yes. who was a big hot name well, before Quinn, that game. Dan Quinn, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll probably still get a job somewhere though. We'll see. We got the number six Buccaneers at the number three Lions Sunday at three o'clock p.m. You know how much I love the Lions. <laughs> I'm I'm becoming more of a fan. I'm on the band wagon more and more every week start listening to some m&m and yeah that's there we right go. i that's guess you right, had a great buddy. intro my wife was telling me but the lions are favored by six and uh they beat the buccaneers 20 to six back in week six these two teams are 
somewhat alike. I mean, they have good offenses, um, good passing games, not very good defenses. But the question is, do you believe in the Bucks? They snuck in. They were 9-8 and eight this season. Mayfield has been great. But um, I just think the Lions are the more complete team here. They're at home. Goff has more weapons. I think both teams will move the ball, but I think the Lions come out on top in this one. I, I, I do, too. I will say now you've got two teams that are playing with house money because Detroit got their win, right? I mean, that was the big thing for them. They have that monkey off their back. Yes, they expect to win this week, but this is a successful season for them no matter what. Tampa Bay had no business, frankly, being here. Nobody in that division had any business probably being here. They played, They got the best matchup. I mean, everybody saw Philly collapsed. Philly absolutely collapsed. They were terrible. Now they actually have to play a real team uh, on the road. I, I, I think the difference here, I agree with your analysis. Both teams have good passing games. Tampa can't run the ball against a good team at all. I think Detroit can, and that's actually what helped them win last week. They really... I thought that was the difference against the Rams, and I think it'll be the difference here. Yeah, I, I, this of all the games, I think this is going to be the one that's the closest simply because of the way Mayfield's been playing. You mentioned Jordan Love being elite. Baker Mayfield's playing some really yeah, good football, him. too. He's out there doing God's work, too. He's the last Browns quarterback to, to win. They gave up everything, and they, they had a franchise quarterback that they just got rid of, which is phenomenal. Such but a Browns thing. It, 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 totally Browns. But, um, yeah, I'm really interested in this game. I, I'm with you, Bob, though. I am rooting for Detroit. Um the, the fans, it, what that reminded me of was when the Pirates, uh, when they had the wild card game, those fans were waiting. They, they, they said the stadium felt like it was going to explode. I've been a part of something like that in my life. And for those fans, that's something, that first playoff win, they're going to remember that. And, so, and, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. I, I do think Detroit's going to win, but I think this game's going to be closer than the, the six and a half. And, and credit to Detroit. We talked last week that I, I was concerned that they would be overwhelmed with that energy, and they were not. They came out in the first quarter and were good. So yeah, they, they clearly can handle that. Well, I think they got a great draw here. Of all the teams in the NFC, I think this is the one they want to play. Yep. So. All right, we got the number six Kansas City Chiefs at the number two Buffalo Bills Saturday at 6.30 p.m. This is the third time in four years these teams are meeting. Can the Bills finally get over the hump and beat the Chiefs? I, I, I say yes. I mean, I've, I've said for a few weeks now, I thought this that Kansas City was vulnerable. I still think they're vulnerable. They got the best matchup. I mean, Miami... Their, their defense was a mess. It's tough for Miami to win anywhere on the road in the cold, much less when it's so cold. I mean, you could see Tua was completely psyched Just, out yes. by that. He he wasn't the same guy. Um, so yeah, Kansas City got away with that, and that, hey, good for them, you know. But now they're not, you know, you're not going to out cold Buffalo. I mean, <laughs> they, they're whatever it is. Buffalo's like, yeah, bring it on, let's go. So. It, it, I just think Buffalo has better weapons in the outside. Uh, Kelsey is starting to age a little bit. He's still a great player, don't yeah. get me wrong, but I, you, he's 34. It's, yeah. it's starting to be a little bit – I don't know. They had Kansas City has a much better defense this year, but I still think – Having home field will help Buffalo, and I, I think it's going to be really close. Yeah, I think what you mentioned Kansas City's defense. I, I looked it up before coming on. I didn't realize how good statistically their defense actually is. They're one of the top five defenses in the NFL in three different categories, yep. which I, I wasn't aware of that. I mean, I knew they were good, but I didn't realize they were that good. They've changed completely yeah. their dynamic. They well, have. that said, again, Josh Allen can be a turnover machine, and 
I think that's going to decide the game. If Allen can hold on to the ball and play the way he did against Pittsburgh and be smart with his legs when he has to, you know, and and just you know, move, march down the field, keep Mahomes off the field, Buffalo's going to win this game. This is, I mean, this is what the NFL fans dream of. This is a marquee matchup of two of the top five quarterbacks in the league. So you can't ask much more to finish out the weekend. Well, I heard Peter King saying that this is the sixth time. Well, they've already played six times, these two quarterbacks they're three and three against each other separated by four points that tells you just how close this is and i think you're spot on with your analysis it comes down to which team protects the ball better i think either team could win it could come down to the last play but um i'm gonna go with the bills i I, the one thing that i'm concerned about with them is their injuries they've been piling up and it seems like every week somebody else goes out and can these uh can their defense stop mahomes with uh, so many injuries um all right so that does it for this portion of the show and uh when we return we're going to go upon further review stay with us on under review sponsored by smith lawn and landscaping and dr greg lineski at wise eyes on connect fm bloom electric plumbing and heating and air conditioning wants to thank everyone who voted for them in the 2023's best of tri-county contest bloom voted best of tri-county for heating air conditioning plumbing and electrician learn more at best of Hi, I'm Dave Kias, host of Barbecue Radio Nation, along with my co-host, barbecue expert Dan Hathaway. Every week, we will be giving you the best tips on how you can grill and smoke your favorite meats, vegetables, and even desserts. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned expert, our show is designed to help you become a better backyard barbecuer. So be sure and tune in every Saturday morning right here on Connect FM 99.7 and 96.7 and online at connectradio.fm. Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on Connect FM. Hi, I'm Diana. As a veteran, I know that for many servicemen and women, the battle doesn't always end when they come home because I too struggle with the invisible wounds of service. Thankfully, I found American Humane's Pups for Patriots program, which brought Sam into my life. Before being paired with Sam, I didn't get out of bed for most days. Pups for Patriots and Sam literally changed my life. Now I'm able to go to the store without having a panic attack. I'm finally able to live my life the way I want to live it. Pups for Patriots provides trained service dogs to veterans like me at no cost. If you're a veteran or know a veteran struggling with post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injury, please go to AmericanHumane.org to learn about their Pups for Patriots service dog program. Let's give our veterans a fighting chance. A message from American Humane. Hi, this is Mary Jane with Camp Confidence asking you to donate to the Dubois Area United Way. Your donations allow kids with disabilities to participate in a summer camp full of fun and friendship. Thank you for supporting the United Way and Camp Confidence. What's your call? This is Under Review on Connect FM. You can call Bob, Dave, and Dave at 814-372-1420. Join the chat on their Facebook page by searching Under Review Sports. And we're back on Under under Review here, Dave, Bob, and Dave. And I'm um, going to host a little bit here, get a, a little bit out of our element <laughs> I'm here. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, so we got a pawn for the review as our segment now. And since you stuck me over here, you get to lead off, Bob. <laughs> well, I would like to say, first of all, we switched seats here. And, you know, it's like being at church and moving pews or yeah. something. Like, it just throws everything off. Dave's behind the mic here, and he's running the soundboard. So good job over there, Dave. And 
Dee's always over there. Well, Comfortable over yeah, here. Yeah, Constance is the northern star. That's right. <laughs> just hanging, enjoying life here. All right. But anyhow, since you give me the mic, all right, let's talk a little Penguins. You know we can't go through a whole show without talking some hockey here, guys. And, and, and the Penguins, to me, are at a fork in the road. Once again here, they got a big decision to make. Right now, they are just one point out of the playoffs, playing a little bit better here. Sidney Crosby has been awesome. The goaltending's been awesome. Power play's been dismal. Another player's been pretty good this year is Jake Gensel. He's playing at over a point per game pace, but he's in the final year of his contract, and he averages $6 million a year now. He's definitely going to get a raise. 29 years old, and at this point, you got to decide what are you going to be coming for- going forward. And typically, when you have to re-sign these guys, you're looking at eight-year deals. That's what they want. They want to maximize their, their value. William Nylander just signed an eight-year, $92 million deal. Now, Gensel's not going to make that, but he might make eight, eight times 10 or something like that. The question is, should the Penguins sign him, re-sign him to that big contract, or do you risk playing it out and losing him for nothing, or do you trade him at the deadline and try to get some, some assets? So what would you guys do? It's tough. I mean, this, because of where they're at in the standings and how well he's played, he is... He and they have put themselves in a really, really tough bind because I think they're playing too well to trade him. I I, I think you'd have a, a genuine revolt. I think Crosby would just lose his mind, and, and probably rightfully so. He's playing – Crosby's having – let's talk about Sidney Crosby for a second. He is playing out of his mind. On pace mind. for 50-plus goals. Out yeah. of his mind. Yeah. And 36 years old. Yeah. At 36 years old, he's having one of the best 36-year-old seasons ever, ever. Okay, and I I don't think as much as I'm the guy who doesn't like sentimentality and too much loyalty, you cannot pull the rug out from Sid with this. You just can't. Now, if they go on a seven game losing streak, maybe you have that conversation. But you know, they're set up. We talked about it last week. I think they're set up. They've got all this rest now. They're not playing again until Saturday. I think at one point they play one game in 12, 12 days. They're going to be very very rested going into mid February to make this run, and by then it's. You're going to be kind of pot committed with him. If I were, if I were them, I would try to sign him right now. And when they've got this time in the middle of the season, say, "Hey, Jake, if you want to stay, you know, let's work something out." If they let him hit the open market, he's gone. They're they're never going to be able to match what some desperate team wants to give him. And and I think it trades off the table. Yeah, there's one thing I've always liked about the Penguins is is their loyalty. Not so much stupid loyalty sometimes like the Steelers exhibit, but they're they're good to their players and the players are good to the organization. The Penguins are a franchise that gives back. Class acts, you know, you, I mean, look at the guys we've watched over the past, you know, umpteen years. You got Latang and Malkin and Crosby. But Gensel's one of those guys as well. You know, and to your point, Dave. I truly don't think they're going to get rid of him. They're going to re-sign him simply because of Crosby. I mean, Gensel and Crosby are peanut butter and jelly, mm-hmm. right? So, And they're both playing at as, as good a level as they've played in in years. Crosby, I, I can't believe what he's doing on the ice. It's, unma- it's it, amazing. It's honestly astounding to me. Yet, I mean, think about it. He, he's having a better season than he did last year. And we were talking last year. Like, wow, this guy's incredible. Look what he's doing on the ice. Granted, their power play has been awful. That's the only thing holding him. He'd be on pace for 60 goals if they had <laughs> yeah, any kind of a power which play. Which is crazy. But back to Gensel, um, the guy, he's a he's a team guy. He's the, Everyone loves him. Um, I just don't see any scenario where they get rid of him. And I love your idea. Sign him now. Lock him up because if he hits the open market, 
There's no way they're going to be able to match at all. And I wouldn't mind seeing him back. The Penguins have always been in a win-now mode anyways, so why not bring a guy like that back? Yeah, I I definitely think they're going to re-sign him. I do. Uh, Next year, the cap's going up, $4.5 Jeff Carter's contract comes off the books. That's $3.something So right there, you're almost paying for most of Gensel's next contract. But um, I hate the idea of giving him an eight-year deal. I probably start him a little bit lower there, maybe like a Brian Russ five-year deal or something like that. See He'll if he say bites. no to that. I mean, yeah. I, if I were him, I'd say no well, to that. Well, you negotiate, you oh, know, yeah. and you see where it goes. But uh, it is a big question, one to keep an eye on here as, as the season Unlimited goes access to the Casamigos Club. There you go. That there over. we go. Gensel can't say, turn that down. I, I, if I was the GM, I would tra- try to be the most unsentimental person in the world, and even I could not in good conscience trade this guy right now. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't do it. I expected a trade from you, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, D, you're up. I wanted to ask you guys what your thoughts were about Harbaugh asking for immunity Uh, in his contract negotiation. You just stole my hashtag, get lost. Yeah, Yeah, well, we can can talk about it. Um, It reminded me of that scene from A Few Good Men where he's he's grilling him about Santiago and wondering Uh, what that – if you're asking for immunity – why? why? Innocent people don't ask for immunity. That's right. I mean, so – and and what I'm wondering is is if if he's granted immunity in this contract through Michigan, what precedent does that set in the NCAA? I mean, I'd like to know your thoughts because looking at how shady college athletics have become, and now it's real shady with the transfer portal and poaching players, and it's, I mean, it's I guess it's on Front Street, but it's still kind of backdoor. You look at what Michigan did, and you knew they were up to something. What is that? What precedent does that set? I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you. I'm almost. I'm almost glad he did this because now he's going to force Michigan to show just how much this is about money and winning as opposed to doing what's right. If they give in to this, forget it. I'm out. I mean, I I don't want anything. It's just like when Deshaun Watts, that whole nonsense with Cleveland. It's the same thing. And don't tell me, you know, college is supposed to be a higher moral code, you know. No, 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 never. This is this is terrible. I couldn't believe when I read that. I I would if I was the chancellor, I'd be like, "Here's your hat. What's your hurry? You yeah. know, you want to go to the NFL? Go." You know, it's funny. On my mother's soul in heaven, I swear, I actually thought when I read that at first, I read it wrong. I'm not kidding. I, I had to read it twice. I was drinking my coffee, and when I, I was like, "What now?" Like, because it didn't make any sense. You know, he did something. Oh. Then. You know, he did. It's pretty bad. What do you think, Bob? Well, I mean, I don't follow college football the way you guys do, but I thought he was sure sure is gone from the last that I heard. I, thought I think he was he's going using somewhere. NFL's leverage. I think he's using both sides as leverage. Yeah, okay. Well, and do you guys think he ends up back in Michigan then? The thing is, with college athletics now, premier programs, the NFL is obviously the NFL. It's a, it's 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 a, it's a, the biggest step up. You're, I mean, but now years ago in college sports, these guys were flying coach, and you know there was the, it, premier programs like Michigan are are very much like mid level. I mean, what's he going to get from the Chargers? that he doesn't have, he has total control at Michigan. He's not, when he gets the, when he gets to the chargers or whatever team that was looking at him, it's not going to be the same type of scenario. The media pressure is going to be a lot different. He's not going to be as worshiped as he is on that campus. You know, they asked Saban about that years ago, why he chose to remain at Alabama all those years. And obviously he he's retired, but he said, he's like, I have everything I could ever want. A guy like Harbaugh is a very intelligent man. I mean, to leave that scenario just after winning that national title, I don't know. I think he, I think he does end up leaving for one for two reasons. One, 
the fact that he even asked for this tells me that there's more coming, all right? And we've seen a lot of coaches, this happens in college basketball all the time, you know this, where they leave right before, you know, the the bad stuff hits. And number two, his personality is not to build that sort of longevity. He jumps around all the time. He is now at the top of the mountain not there's no, there's nothing that can top that yep. and he's going to go because that's what he does he goes and he's not Nick Saban Nick Saban Joe Paterno whatever you say about Paterno he turned down a lot of opportunities cuz yep. he he saw the same thing he wanted to he wanted to build that legacy right that's not Harbaugh Harbaugh just he'll he'll chase that's the really, money he'll really chase something point. I don't know there's nothing left to prove not there, no. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I if he's going to stay in college, maybe he goes to some other program and builds it up from nothing. I think he, I, I'm not a fan of his in any way, but I do think he enjoys that kind of challenge. Yeah, that's and and the guy wins. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. take it away from him. Although I do remember not so long ago they wanted to ride him out of town on a rail in Michigan, and then yeah, how things change. And beat Ohio State yeah. a bunch of times, yeah. and <laughs> that's they'll, it. they'll print your changes. name on money. But that's right. Yeah, it's it's something else. So I get you, you really threw me off by bringing that up here because I I was all ready to tear into that. Now I'm now I'm a little bit flustered. I'm flustered twice. They put me on this side of the the board and I've got that. But I guess it's my anybody can handle you it, here. You. Uh, so there, we've had a lot of stuff tonight. But I guess I do have to bring up something that I, I sent to you guys earlier today, and and that's um, you know the assistant coach who passed away. And maybe a lot. Of, I know we don't do a lot of basketball here, but. Um, and this isn't even so much sports related, but you know, a 46 year old man and we, you know, we had Chuck Farrow who was 48 locally had, you know, had a heart attack and, um, it just makes you think it just yeah, makes it you really think does. because here's somebody who's younger than me. Mm-hmm. All right. Younger I just turned 49 and, and, and I know Bob's the young one here, but you know, we're all in Two our forties guys. Uh, wow. I yeah. mean, enjoy every moment. Right. I mean, we all say it, it sounds like a platitude, but it really makes you think when you start seeing people who are coaches you know he's running every day yeah yeah i mean so i i that one just really hit me yeah i mean you know he was a serbian star uh he's been an assistant there at the warriors for a while uh obviously they canceled the game tonight uh there'll be tributes you know before the next game i would assume um yeah it's it's really sad day in the nba uh i I think every one of the arenas is given a moment of silence from what i've been told i'll be home watching a lot of the games here after the show but uh yeah i mean that's just really shocking news when you hear you know think about locally like you mentioned chuck ferrer or people like that you know that kind of stare down death you know you don't think about it when you're in your 40s and but a guy like that you just never know so yeah hey may you rest in peace yeah and even freak accidents like adam johnson last year you just don't think of that so every day is a gift i mean i know it's a cliche but hug your loved ones yeah Yeah. and 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 take and and don't be afraid to go to the doctor and get your blood work every year and I, i have no idea if he did or not i don't know anything about that but i know too many people who skip all that stuff and, and it could be prevented, right? Yeah. I mean, if you had a heart attack at 46, something was happening, Yeah. right? So whatever you think about the health system, there are things out there that you can do. So if we can all learn for a little bit from that, then then that's what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well said, Dave. I think it's time to get lost, Dave. Yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty close <laughs> to have time to get lost. So let's see here. We got to... Well, not yet. Don't hit it yet. You got about okay. 20 seconds. But D, D is always the guy who kicks it off. All right. Well, hey, first off, we love the fan feedback and the interaction we're getting on Facebook. So anyone who's uh, posted messages or voting in our polls, we really appreciate you. We always appreciate any sort of constructive feedback or, or criticism of the show. As long so, as it's nice. Yeah, exactly. So have at it. But we, we do value everybody listening to the show. But I'd like to say uh, 
Hashtag get lost, uh, to, like to Dave's point, the streaming of the NFL games. I had said this when Amazon Prime started, and then when YouTube started with the NFL Sunday ticket. The NFL is, I, they're at a weird crossroads right now, and I think they're starting to irritate a lot of fans, but unfortunately, I think fans are going to pay for it. But hashtag get lost to that anyways. I'm with you there. I'm going to say hashtag get lost to Andy Reid's mustache. Did you guys see that last week? <laughs> yeah. That's what happens in the cold. That was know. just completely gross, though. <laughs> at least have a hanky to wipe it with. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we, we've, we've taken so many of the good hashtag get lost. I, I'm, I'm just going to go back to the Steelers a little bit. I, I saw um, I saw a lot of comments after the game. You know, Pickens not taking responsibility. I saw Najee kind of calling things out. It's like, you know, hashtag get lost to calling everybody else out. Yes. I mean, take responsibility for your own game. We, we need to get to more of that. Yes. All right, guys. It was a great show. We'll catch you hopefully next week. We'll, we'll, we'll might be on. We might not. We'll let you know on Facebook. All right. For uh, Bob and Dave, uh, this has been Under Review. Good night. <laughs>